Today on the show, uh, when a pope tweets a hashtag, the fans go wild. Paying attention attentively, focusing on beauty for all the right reasons. Our picks of the week and so much more. The Catholic Underground starts right now. All right, it's time for the Catholic Underground. We're that fever dream that tries to cut through the noise of the digital continent and bring you the topics that matter. It's episode number 400. And seven, I'm Father Chris Decker, catching my breath. Yes. Boy, oh boy, the things you can do in 15 <laughs> seconds before the show starts. Joining me this week, we got Kathleen Lee, the executive director of the Women's New Life Clinic in Baton Rouge. Hey, Kathleen. Well, hi. Also, Taylor Rodrigue, uh, TMR 1013 in the chat room, super fan, comma, now sits at desk. <laughs> hey, Taylor, how you doing? Hey, y'all. You see, you see all of those who, who watch and listen to us live, this could be your fate if you happen by the Catholic yeah. Underground Studios. We'll put you on the air. Mm-hmm. You know, unknowingly. Some, unknowingly. Somebody, <laughs> somebody else who the same thing happened, we go up to space to uh, the Jeff Star One Near Earth Orbit Satellite and to Jeff Blackwell. Hey, Jeff, how you doing? Hey, Father, doing great. Still yes. baptized, as a matter of fact. Just oh, yeah. As it turns out, you can't undo that. That's right. Don't you just you know? love that? <laughs> I love permanent things. Because you know what? If there were a way to stumble out of baptism, I'd probably figure it out. Because I'm a sinner. Oh, you know? put me down on that I'll list. I tell you, I am, I am very glad that uh, indelible marks are indeed indelible. All righty. Okay, so here we go. Now, Kathleen, I don't know if you've been watching the news, mm-hmm. but but uh, now on Twitter, oh yeah yeah yeah, you know, uh-huh. the, the, tw- the Twitters kids, uh, whenever you you hashtag something yep. that happens to be um, uh, something that Twitter has deemed uh, kind of a, a zeitgeisty thing, like a popular thing, yep, uh-huh. there's something called a hash flag, which is this little itty bitty icon mm-hmm. next to the hashtag. Okay. Mm. So there was a hashtag mix-up that caused a papal tweet that was meant to give thanks for the Catholic Church's new docket of saints. Yeah. Uh, and it read as Pope Francis showing support for um, the New Orleans Saints football team. Yes, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> I will not lie. Waking up that morning and seeing that, I laughed for about 20 minutes straight because yeah. I knew what his intention was. Yeah, so, so after the October 13th canonization of five new saints, the Pope's official Twitter account at Pontifex tweeted, quote, today we give thanks to the Lord for our new saints. And saints is hashtagged. They walked by faith and now we invoke their intercession, unquote. Uh, but the Twitter hashtag automatically uploaded a Fleur de Lis, which is also the official logo of, uh, of the NFL team. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Needless to say, the tweet immediately caught the attention of many Saints fans, and myself for that matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, okay, I live in Louisiana. Uh, I, I do watch football occasionally, and because I'm a priest in Louisiana, I have to root for the Saints. Have right. to. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah. So, uh, so I would put myself in the lower echelons of a Saints fan, and I immediately saw it, and I said, oh, this is going to go viral yeah and it, it pretty much did um, so uh so yeah so the the uh the, the nfl little logo for the saints was there needless to say um the the saints fans interpreted the tweet as invoking divine intervention because it just happened to be the game day for the saints against the jacksonville True. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. timing was just perfect yeah. for yeah. it it was it was perfect because you know of the time difference it was a little before game time you know true uh, fans were elated that Christ's vicar on earth was in their corner. <laughs> 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 a 
couple of Twitter followers said Pope Francis told 18 million followers that he was Houdat Nation. Yes. I love it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and of course, for those of you who may be in other parts of uh, of the Universal Church, uh, Houdat is kind of the chant right. mm-hmm. for the saints, right? Uh, Houdat say they're going to beat them saints. Houdat. Houdat. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of a rhetorical question. Yeah. So you, Nobody is the answer. Yeah, nobody no, say no, they're going to beat them Nobody is the inferred answer. <laughs> I don't know how you put that in the Greek, though, you know? Because there is, as you remember from your reading and studying of Greek, Jeff, there there is a tense in Greek that you can you can ask an interrogative with the intent that the answer would be yes. So like when St. Paul says, is not the bread we break the body of Christ? Uh, okay. Is not the blood, the, the cup we drink, the blood of Christ outpoured? That's written in that middle Greek tense that intends to say the answer is yes. Yeah. Wow. So who that say they're going to be them saint, beat them saints? I think that's the Greek yeah. you would just. I'm just putting that out there if you if you need it. Yeah. Well, there are plenty of people who say they're going to beat them saints. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. But who actually, actually is going to succeed? And nobody, right. especially now that Drew Brees is back. So there were people that were rooting for other football teams, uh, and and they couldn't hide their dismay. They said, "We lost the Pope." Uh, a Twitter user tweeted to the New England Patriots. Well, you know. weren't cheaters. Just <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm you, just got, kidding. you got Kathleen on the uh, on the defense there, <laughs> or would that put you on the offense? I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, so so the reaction of the day came from the New Orleans Saints on Twitter account uh, after their 13-6 victory over the Jaguars. Uh, the Saints account said, "Couldn't lose after this." Uh, the Saints uh, account tweeted after sharing the papal tweet, and then they hashtagged blessed and highly favored. Yep. <laughs> uh, there you go. Uh, yeah. A Vatican official, by the way, did confirm on October 14th that the use of the hashtag to trigger the hash flag, the Saints logo there, mm-hmm. um, was a case of accidental evangelization, but hoped that, quote, maybe someone who didn't know will become aware that there are other saints to pay attention to, unquote. That, that's really yeah. good Mm-hmm. That's good uh, kind of PR there. When it couldn't have, uh, in, in reality, it couldn't have happened to a, a better team. That's true. A better, a better, well, I take that back. I say, <laughs> we're a, a little better, biased, everybody. Better, it could have happened to a better fan base, is what I mean. That's true. Like, that, there's a, I mean, the people of Louisiana are, are majority, I mean, very Catholic, but, but very faithful Christians. Yeah. Um, so it was really a cool thing to, mm-hmm. to see. I, was, I knew exactly what he was saying, but I, sure, no, it was perfect. Know, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I think the thing that triggered it was it was a capital S Saints too. Yeah, it turns out Catholics have that. Mm-hmm. And if you want to do a little uh, a little Google digging, uh, the reason they're called the Saints, the New Orleans Saints, mm-hmm. is no accident. Yep. And so maybe you should Google Archbishop Philip Hannon and New Orleans Saints prayer. Mm-hmm. There you go, a little little homework for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right, from uh, from the hand signals on Twitter yep. to something even more interesting, uh, perhaps, is so whenever you've taken a vow of silence, which yep. admittedly is kind of a, a, a bit of a misnomer, mm-hmm. um, there are very few Christian monks that, that take vows of silence, but they do observe a great silence, yeah. a great time of silence, right, where, mm-hmm. where they, they don't say anything. So how do you say beer me, you know, if you're a monk? I don't know. And you... Mm. Mm. You don't say that. No. Well, you actually, you, you need one hand over the other. Yeah. During the Middle Ages in huh. Europe, monks living in monasteries followed St. Benedict's holy rule, which is a set of instructions governing how they live their lives communally together. Mm-hmm. 
Um, permission to speak, Benedict wrote, should, quote, seldom be given for, quote, in much talk thou shalt not escape sin. Boy, oh boy, isn't that true. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, by the way, that's from the book of Proverbs. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Chapter ten, verse nineteen. I am. Um, I. I. Yeah. yeah. Don't we all, Kathleen? I, I struggle with the silence. Don't we all? Who? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, so, under the rule of Saint Benedict, uh, there are there there are great times in which the monks observe silence, um, just as part of the rule. It's right. not one of these kind of well, you make the vow and you never speak, and uh, we kind of the the pop culture kind of runs rampant with right. that. But as a part of of being a Benedictine monk. Uh, you're not overly given to, to chatter, right? Yeah. Uh, and so when you live under that type of a, of a, a, a cone of silence, if you will, um, and you do it in community, it presents certain difficulties. So there was a manuscript entitled Monasterialis Indicia, uh, discovered at Christ Church in Canterbury, England. And to facilitate life together without resorting to speech, the monks came up with a language of hand gestures. Interesting. Yeah. So let's see if uh, we can if we can take care. Of it. Now, for those of you who are watching us on the radio, we'll do our best to describe yep. what's going on. So, so the abbot the abbot is the is the head of the monastery. Uh, we we would call him the ordinary, right? He's he's the guy who's in charge. So the sign for the abbot is to set two fingers on your head and at the same time grab your hair. Wait, wait my parts on the other side. So <laughs> two fingers on your head and grab your hair. So I'm guessing like maybe his hat. Or the guy who cut your hair because the monks received tonsure. I don't know. Mm. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Or maybe you do it with one hand. and I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, mm. I am not a medieval monk. <laughs> nor have I taken a vow of silence, thanks to you. Because here I am. Uh, the deacon's sign. So, of course, we all know what a deacon is. The deacon's sign is one that should make a motion with one hand hanging as if to ring a small bell. Because that's one like of the things. That, yeah, ding. there you go. Right? Yeah. Uh -huh. See, I can never. I, I cannot. <laughs> you'd make the like, sound. Ding a ding a ding. <laughs> there you go. See, yeah. that's gonna be me now yeah. at mass. I'm yeah. gonna see Deacon Ricky, and I'm just gonna be like, yeah, every time. <laughs> and I think Deacon Ricky will probably look at you as if you've gone crazier uh -huh. than normal. Yeah, he gives me that look a lot. So it's yeah, okay. there you go. <laughs> well, you might as well make him work. But, for yeah, it, right? I might as yeah. well. So the prior, who is kind of like the the abbot's assistant, how huh? the prior, you would raise your forefinger over your head. And that is his sign, right? Like yeah. that? Or yeah, do kind you of like the high lay it sign. over your head? Yeah. 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 Or maybe like one one step below the abbot, right? I don't know. Yeah. Wow. Uh, let's see. Uh, if you'd like to receive Holy Communion, you bend your forefinger to your thumb, right? So like, like uh, and, and this is actually that when you put your forefinger to your thumb, that's called the digitus. And that's what priests do. Uh, we, we hold the Blessed Sacrament with our forefinger, with our, yeah, for our oh. index finger and our thumb. Yeah. So okay. this would this would basically just be saying I'd like to receive holy communion. Mm -hmm. um, or let's see. Yep. or baby I'd shark, baby shark. Uh, no, I can verify <laughs> that uh, uh, I do have a DeLorean, and I'm just going to tell <laughs> you that, in, anyway. that mm. baby shark mm. is a relatively new innovation. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, um, no, never started. know. Yeah. yeah, Canterbury. I don't think Canterbury had much of a shark infestation. Um. Wow. The Sharknado craze didn't really happen until the late 1700s. Well, Baby Shark um, wasn't a Sharknado thing. It was just... I know, but did you see how I mashed them up? I did. Yeah, yeah. okay. I Sorry. Oh, shark Sorry. mashing. Okay, yeah. I like that. Shark mashing. Mm -hmm. uh, if, you'd have, uh, if you have a sensor, the sensor, of course, um, is, not the, is not the bleeper, you know, for saying a bad word, but a mm -hmm. sensor is, is also called a thurible. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what the incense lives in, yep. right? That's the thing that you use at mass. It's called a sensor or a thurible. You move your hand downwards and move it back and forth as if swinging. Uh, I okay. try to do that with our altar servers, and they, again, they just kind of look at me like, I'm like what? The what? Huh? You want the what? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't understand what I'm, I'm getting off on a tangent, but I don't understand why so many altar servers, at least in my experience in the past 12 years of mm-hmm. priesthood, irrespective of parish, they're all afraid of the thurible. All of it, them. It is. I mean, it is a little intimidating. It's the funnest thing. Yes, but you put them in front of a box of matches and they go crazy. Oh, yeah. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but the notion where there's smoke, there's fire, and there's fire, there's smoke, they, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway. But, but to those of you few servers who, who, are, who have great prowess with the thurible, I salute you. Mm-hmm. All right. If you want a candlestick, blow on your forefinger and hold your hands to, locked together as if you had a candlestick. There you go. So, so like this, right? Like if you have a can, you'd have a candle in Don't your hands. Don't let Satan blow it up. There you go. So think of, yeah, go back to your vacation Bible school. Yeah. Right? I've been using these hand signals for years. Folks, we're just going to keep going down the list. Uh, let's see. If you need a small candle, oh. blow on your forefinger. Yeah. Oh, I right. thought they were going to say like pinky or something. Well, I guess you could do that. Yeah. If you would small? like a Bible, move your hand back and forth, raise up your thumb and set your hand flat against your cheek. Woo. Oh. Okay, what? <laughs> That's like a multi-movement, yeah. Move your hand back and forth and raise your thumb. <laughs> Don't put your eye out. <laughs> if you like wish a sitting man to rise, turn your hand and move it quickly up in stages. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Kathleen's having fun with these. You would make an, a great Plenty monk. Of people have done that. <laughs> 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 Ka- Kathleen does that every Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't really know where this would be used. Well, if you wish him to sit, turn it downward and move it down in stages. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> if you would have a whip. Whoa. Okay. A whip. I, yeah. Okay. Uh, move your fist back and forth as we described before and raise up your two fingers. I don't. What? I don't know. All right. If you, need a, if, if you need a knife, cut with one finger over the other as if carving. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Right, you got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sign for porridge is to move your f- <laughs> is to move your fist back and forth as if stirring porridge. <laughs> Kathleen has stirred lots of porridge in her day. You should just let Kathleen. That would be the, the one I would need the these. most. I'd be like. <laughs> and then there's my favorite. If you would like some cheese, Ooh, yeah. set your two hands flat together as if pressing. So wait, if it was cheese balls, would you do this? <laughs> Then you might hold both of your hands together in fists. Yeah, Kathleen, you'll have to try that one sometime. Just gonna go into the store. <laughs> Who is that crazy woman, and why does she keep coming? In I was the thinking about silence and all cheese balls. Uh, let's see. The sign for honey is to set your finger on your tongue. If you like fish, move your hand back and forth the way a fish moves its tail when it swims. If you wish to drink, lay your forefinger along your mouth. Yeah. The sign for beer is to need one hand on another. <laughs> oh, oh. That's, yeah, you I did this earlier. Yeah, this is kind of a mash. I don't know. I'm the, I've never, I don't know. I'm not a monk. Uh, let's we, see. We fail the, at monkhood. We, we do. We would never get any of the things we ask for, that's for sure. We would just get looks, that's all. Yeah. Uh, I think Taylor had that beer and cheese balls thing go there. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah. Uh, Clayton in the chat room says these are precursors to baseball signals, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> That's point. what it feels like right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sign for a fur garment Oop. is to stretch forth your left sleeve and pluck the inside with your left hand. <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen is doing a pretty good job. She's just kind of looking How do you weird. Pluck it? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, there you go. Uh, to all of you listening on the podcast, I just apologize. That's right. Uh, the sign of a layman is mm-hmm. to take yourself with both hands by the chin 
as if taking yourself by the beard. Mm. I don't know. That's a toughie. Uh, the sign for the king is to move your hand down, then seize your head on top with all your fingers in the shape of a crown. So move your hand down and then then move all of your hands up. Yeah, there you go. Seize your like head. Mind blown. Yeah, well, that was the precursor to mind, the mind blown <laughs> okay. emoji, right? Yep. And then the sign of a lay woman is to move your fingers across your forehead from one ear to the other in the sign of a headband. Knock <laughs> your... We're having fun, everybody. Yes, okay. indeed. Well, I like that. Now that we've gone completely off the rails, it's time to remind you of exactly why we're doing that. It's because we are the Catholic Underground. All righty. You're listening to the Catholic Underground. We're online at catholicunderground.tv. I am Father Chris, joined by Kathleen Lee by Taylor Rodrigue, by Jeff Blackwell in space, and Ed. Our picks of the week are coming up, but first we thought we would turn to things spiritual and uh, something that perhaps our our world has a little trouble with, Kathleen. Yes. And that's paying attention. Paying attention and being in the present moment. Mm -hmm. Yes. And this is not just, I find, you know, I've worked with youth for a very long time, taught youth, uh, taught young people. This is not just a young person's No, problem. no. And, and we're finding certainly as young people have gotten older, hmm, present, mm-hmm. uh, that, that our short attention spans that we were, that we were, that we were learned, <laughs> that we, that we learned yeah. by, by virtue of the society in which we live, yeah. um, it has followed us into adulthood. Right. Right. So, but it's but, nothing new, really. No, it really isn't. But, but out of all the faculties that of human nature that we possess, one of the most powerful is that of attention. Mm-hmm. What do we give our attention to? What we choose to attend to, um, a great degree, shapes our experience of the world. So what we choose to pay attention to, what we choose to watch on TV, what we choose to watch on our screen, mm-hmm. What we choose to give our time to, and that's not just physically being in a place, right? Because a lot of times we feel like we are present somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're there. You're not. Mm-hmm. You know, a million. You like anybody who's ever been to a college, you know, class. Mm-hmm. Mm, you can sit in that class for two and a half hours and walk out and go, "What? Ha- mm-hmm. What happened?" And it's interesting that just the word uh, attention means things that I am attending to. Right. So whenever we say I attend mass, right. Well, I can tell you right now, I got plenty of folks that are there, but they're not really attending to the mass. Right. Just simply there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And out of all the stuff that's coming our way, right, we simply cannot pay attention to all the visual or auditory stimuli we experience every day. If you, like, we would talk about silence, living in silence, like the monks. Y'all, we cannot do that. Like, it's tough. Every time I give, you know, or, or I talk about silence, I'm like, okay, let's just sit in silence for a minute. And people like start to lose their mind. They start yeah. to fidget. They One start to the cough. One of the things I always notice is the cough. Yeah. I always, uh, at the end of mass is mm-hmm. usually when I try to inject a little bit of sacred silence. And and my um, my stopping point of like, okay, when I say, let us pray, mm-hmm. I wait for the first awkward cough. <laughs> or the clearing of the throat. Or the clearing of the throat or father, did you fall asleep signals. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Mm. We can't handle it. Because there's so much coming into our our eyes, to our ears, to our being, um, whether we sit down to pay attention or not. Um, And so our minds are constantly trying to filter out all of this noise, whether it's, you know, audio noise or visual noise. Or Um, mind noise. Yeah, our mind noise, things that we're, you know, constantly 
dragging back up and having to deal with. Um, and we're constantly f- filtering through that to look for what we desire to see. Mm-hmm. Right, so for example, if you're at a store looking for a specific product, in a very real sense, you will not see the thousands of other products that are not what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for a specific brand of like I was looking for, um, I was gonna make gumbo. I made gumbo today. And I was looking for a specific kind of sausage. I knew what it looked like. I couldn't tell you the name of it, but I knew what the brand looked like. And there's, I mean, this is South Louisiana. Mm-hmm. So we got- There are many types of sausage. Many, many, many. Um, and I couldn't find it. Like I, I couldn't find it, but I, I knew I could scan that whole aisle. And you were I was attending like, That's not it. That's not it. That's to not the it. brand. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, so uh, if we choose to attend to what is good and true and beautiful in life, right, to look for it intentionally, that is what we will see. Mm-hmm. But it, it takes intention, yeah. right, to look for it intentionally. Um, and a training, right? Right. Of, of and a lot of times we, we, can, we totally miss things that are, that are true and good and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Because of all we, can the also, other, we can train our minds right. in other ways, right, to see the things that are not. Right. Yeah, so if we choose to attend to all that is flawed um, and broken and evil in the world, we will inevitably find it. And we know those people. We can be those people sometimes too, right? When you're having the worst day of your life and like, this is it. My life is horrible. I'm the worst person in the world. And then somebody comes up and says, yeah, but you got a great job. You got a great family. You know, you you do great ministry. You're involved in all these things. And you're like, I know, but my life is horrible, right? <laughs> that was me Friday. <laughs> yeah, what do we choose to look for, right? You get what you expect. You see what you look for. Right? Mm. And that's what our Lord meant when he talked about the eye being the lamp of the body. Hmm. Right? He says the, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is sound, your whole body is full of light. But if your eye is not sound, your whole body will be full of darkness. Hmm. Right. Going back to that intentionality of the gaze, right? What we see, and there's, you know, kids, and I know people are always talking about music. Oh, I, I don't listen to the lyrics. Baloney, malarkey. That is, that, yes, that is also malarkey. It's yes. going in your brain. Mm-hmm. This is what you're allowing into you. Like, I watch, you know, when, when kids are like, oh, I watch these movies, but they're just for entertainment. Dude, that goes in your eyes. Like, yep. it, it it goes into who you are. Yep, the eye is the lamp of yeah, the body. Right, yep. mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. So um, so our Lord was telling us that what we choose to attend to, what we choose to give our attention to, will either fill us with light or darkness. And so, I, so I challenge you, like I think, you know, think about this, if you re- recognize that your outlook on the world is one of, of you know, of despair mm-hmm. and you're just like well you know and grumbliness yeah mm-hmm. look at what you're allowing into your lamp mm-hmm. right what you're allowing into your eyes right so um saint paul likewise acknowledges the power of attention um that shapes us when he admonishes us to attend to what is good he says brothers whatever things are true whatever things are honorable whatever things are just whatever things are pure whatever things are lovely whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there is any praise, think about these things, right? Choose what you allow in. And so there also is this idea of, we need to pay more attention to the present moment, Mm -hmm. right? You know, we worry about all kinds of things. Um, 
past, present, future. What about the present moment? Can we be, can we pay attention to that? Can we give our attention to that? And despite the power of attention to fill us with light or darkness, we rarely pay attention to what we are paying attention to. Mm-hmm. Right? This is the idea of I can go to a movie, watch the whole movie, come out and not tell you a thing about the movie. Mm-hmm. Because I'm thinking about what else is going on, right? Our minds are ceaselessly uh, flitting from one thing to the next. Mm-hmm. And at times it can feel like we have little or no control over them. Right. We're, you know, we're constantly thinking about what's coming up next. What's the next big thing I have to get to? You know, when you're growing up, um, you know, it's it's man, I can't wait till I'm in junior high. Man, I can't wait till I'm in high school. Can't wait till I get uh, my license. I can't wait till I graduate high school. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you talk to any high school senior in May, they're going to tell you, where did those four years go? Yeah. I mean, you spent those four years hoping for what's next and not paying attention to where you are. Mm-hmm. Right. And media, too, uh, is, is this way. Media, media can make us um, so distracted mm-hmm. to think always ahead, but right. never in the moment, never in the moment. Right. And so um, while it may at times feel like the problem of fragmented attention is uniquely modern um, with all the media and the Twitters and the, you know, the TV and all these yeah. things. We tend to blame a lot of that on modernity, but right. it's not. But it's not even the desert fathers. Right, who lived alone in caves, <laughs> complained of their wandering minds. Mm-hmm. You know, so they are trying to pray. And they didn't have the Twitters. Yeah, right. They didn't. They had no Twitter. They, they were just birds. It was just them in themselves <laughs> and the cave, and they still couldn't pay attention. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, caught in this web of distractions that fragments our attention, we feel a longing for peace. Mm-hmm. Right. When you talk to young people, when I talk to anybody, right, there's this longing for that silence. Yep. There's a longing for us to slow down. Um, and at times, a desire for union with God or prayer may even well up within us. Yep. Right? But how can we possibly seek him when we can hardly hold our focus for more than a few seconds? Right? When you talk about how, how long a young person can actually pay attention, it's ridiculous. It's like less than eight minutes. Mm-hmm. Right? So one way to recollect ourselves is the sacrament of the present moment. The practice begins with the realization that God is not out there somewhere, that he's not up in heaven, nor is is his present limited to a geographical location, that you have to go to some place to find God, Mm -hmm. right? That God is within us and he's with us where we are at the present moment here. There's not a time that we have to... You know, going to adoration is, is beautiful, and we experience the Lord there. Going to Mass, we experience Him then, Him there. But that's not the only place He is. Mm-hmm. He's present in the moment with you. That's right. Wherever you are. We call it the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Right, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and God is here now in this moment, right? He's closer to us than we are to ourselves. Chew on that for a minute. Yep. God is closer to us than we are to ourselves. Mm-hmm. He knows us, right? His attention is on us all the time. Um, And so, um, yeah, so just be present. I challenge you this week, be present in the moment. Ask God to be present with you and see how he wants you to live this week. That's right. And be present with us where the Catholic Underground will be right back after this break. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. 
To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Cats, welcome back. You found the Catholic Underground with me, Father Chris Decker, the uh, slamming <laughs> Kathleen Lee. <Hey. laughs> We've got the tenacious, well, Taylor mm-hmm. over there, okay. and the uh, jumping, jiving Jeff up on the satellite, satellite of wisdom, satellite of joy, and Ed. <laughs> <laughs> Our picks of the week are coming up, but first, you know, we've talked uh, about uh, the sacrament of the present moment mm-hmm. and trying to to attend to that, which is important. And one of the ways, as you mentioned, Kathleen, that we do that is by concentrating on what is good, true, and beautiful, kind of kind of piggybacking off of right. the exhortation of of Saint Paul, right? To concentrate on those things that that are good, that are honorable, that are just, mm-hmm. that are pure, right? From uh, from the letter to the Philippians, chapter four, verse eight. And one of the ways that we do that is uh, is by what we would say is exercising the virtue of justice in its biggest sense, right? right? So the classical definition of justice is the virtue whereby we fulfill our obligations towards others, giving others their due, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and so... Whenever we we talk about giving others their due, there has to be something that orders that. Right. And so obviously the the most important person to whom we are obliged is God. Yep. Right? And so justice towards God is the primary mode of justice. Uh, Aquinas calls justice towards God the virtue of religion. And he says that 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 type of justice is the highest of the moral values. Mm -hmm. And so whenever we talk about concentrating on what is good and what is beautiful and what is true— We, we first go to why we do that, and mm-hmm. it is because we are called to, to, to the virtue of justice with God. Yeah. And that orders everything else. That's kind mm-hmm. of the, the top of it. Um, so the virtue of religion consists in offering worship to God, or as Aquinas would put specifically, in offering service and ceremonial rites or worship to some superior nature that men call divine. Sounds okay. good to me. You got it? You're mm-hmm. good, yep. right? It's important to, to set that because that's the supreme act of justice. Right. That's the highest of the moral virtues. And we say during Mass, don't we? We talk about that when we say mm-hmm. um, it is right mm-hmm. and just yeah. to, to lift up our hearts to, to God. Huh? Yeah. It is right and just to offer him thanks and praise, to offer him worship. That's really cool. I don't think that's one of the parts of the Mass I don't think, you know, because it's a response from the, yeah. the faithful. Like, yeah. I don't know that many people know why we say that. Yeah. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right, right. and it and is just. just. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we say let us give thanks to the Lord our God, that's exactly what we're doing at the Mass. You remember uh, Jeff, of course, being our Greek scholar here on the satellite, is is eucharistain, <laughs> eucharist. Huh? Mm-hmm. It means thanksgiving. And so whenever we in that part of the Mass say that, that we're giving thanks to God and we're saying, yes, it is right and it is just, right. We're saying, I am exercising with all of my volition, with everything that I am, I am exercising the act of justice to give God what is due to him, which is namely worshiping him, giving him thanks and praise and not giving it to myself. Because given our own, you know, our own foibles, 
we would almost always try to invert justice towards yeah. what I want rather mm -hmm. than it's, it's interesting. We could almost say that we could have revenge on God by being only kind of just towards ourselves, wow. you know? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah. And, and that's improper use of justice, right. right? So we're talking of course about, about justice as the moral virtue, but then that begins to, to bleed out into the rest of our lives, right? And so when we talk about living a moral life, like the Christian life, um, there has to be something that, that gives us the pointer, that gives us the pinnacle, that gives us the, the thing that flows. And right. that's what the Mass is. Right. The Second Vatican Council says that the celebration of the Eucharist is, und ich vote, <laughs> the source and summit of the Christian life. And so it's not just making a pronouncement about the liturgy, but it's making a moral statement. Yeah, exactly. So if, if you, and, and we find ourselves here in, in the midst of, of, of our society today, and you, you've heard me say it before, that when we don't have Christ to worship, we always worship ourselves. Mm -hmm. If you look at the breakdown within the legal system, and if you look, look at the breakdown within just kind of living morally today, yeah. well, it's because people don't go to a place where they worship God, mm -hmm. you know, or they say, well, I just worship God kind of in my easy chair. Yeah. Or, well, no, there's something about going outside of ourselves, going to the place where God calls us yeah. to worship him because he knows, he knows that we need that. Yeah. Well, you talk about the, the idea of, you know, presence, mm -hmm. like I used to, I can sit in my house and say, oh yeah, I'm worshiping God. Really though? I mean, people, cause teenagers are like, why can't I just do that at my house? Mm -hmm. uh, because, like, because because you're, you're not out. gonna do yeah. it. You're <laughs> not gonna do it. You got PlayStations on and 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 Amazon's talking to you and all kinds of things are. You know, <laughs> Amazon's, Amazon's are just talk talking to you. There's loud noises in your house, <laughs> and you're not gonna do it. Like yeah. I know because I've been there and I've tried. You know, but that's what's so beautiful about this this quote: the source and summit. Mm -hmm. This is where we yeah, let us go yeah. up to the Lord. Yeah. Right? Let us go yeah. to this him. This is like how we are Catholic, mm -hmm. and it is what we're all about. That's right. And so, essentially, what the that quote from the Second Vatican Council is saying is that there is a way that we are supposed to live, and it's with the Mass as the foundation and a high point of everything mm -hmm. that we do. Uh, just a pop quiz: uh, Is the Mass the most important thing? that you do is the mass the most important part of your week is going to church the most important part of your week and and if it isn't if there's something that vies for attention there that's a point of reflection for sure mm -hmm. uh, so all of this about about giving god his due about worshiping him about seeing uh, the worship of god in the mass and at church as the source and summit of the christian life we can make a couple of comments about avoiding some errors mm -hmm when it comes to the role of sensible beauty in the liturgy. Because when we talk about that which is beautiful, like, uh, you know, how much is too much, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of a mm -hmm. thing. Uh, what What isn't enough. Yeah. Um, and because so... In, in mm -hmm. reverse, we yeah, we talk a lot about, you know, we, there's... We talk a lot about what isn't beautiful right. in churches. Yeah. Um, but that's... It's, it's, it's an interesting thought to think the other extreme. That's right, exactly. So so the first error that we could fall into uh, would be excessive focus on liturgical beauty. Mm -hmm. And then the second is an insufficient focus on liturgical beauty. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, showing the weaknesses of the extremes, we can maybe clarify the way that beauty should enhance, but not distract from our highest service to God. Because yeah. it does, it can go both ways. You know, it, it might seem counterintuitive to begin a discussion on liturgical beauty saying that, that we can do too much. Right. You know, um, but we can focus too much on anything that's created. Mm -hmm. Right. Art is a creation. Music is a creation. Uh, all of those things. So so how do we know 
when our focus is uh, is disordered, right? When our mm-hmm. focus on something that's created, um, it's easy to figure this out, all right? Mm-hmm. And you've probably experienced this. Um, whenever we find that it's getting harder to focus on God, mm-hmm. then our focus is off kilter. Right. You know, um, if, if you've ever been to mass or um, really if you've ever been uh, in, in prayer mm-hmm. <laughs> and and you stop focusing, it's harder to focus on God. Like you feel like you're, you're getting hazy yeah. or you're, you're you, you begin to hear. Are you ready for a long word? The cacophony. Right. Ooh. You begin to hear too many other non-resonant things right. or see many non-resonant things. Mm-hmm. Then that's one of those little little um, test uh, test bubbles that go up oh, there it is yeah um so this disordered focus on artistic beauty in the liturgy which can distract the mind from god instead of leading the mind to god can show itself in a couple of different ways mm-hmm. um, many of us have probably been to mass where the focus seemed to be on the music or more likely on the choir mm-hmm. uh, this this does happen so the, there may be exquisite orchestral arrangements the execution may be very fine uh, it may be very, um, the, the music quality may be very high, but it's also possible for those things to be present, but we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing at Mass, mm-hmm. you see. And and this is, this the, the parts of the Mass have to be so beautifully tuned, mm-hmm. I see there's the word beauty, they have to be so tuned so as as to give God the glory um, in in. In the rest of the the whole, yeah. right? So it has to be one comprehensive, cohesive symphony of of sight, of sound, and of movement. Right. And it has to be this cohesive picture that's painted yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went to a mass recently. Uh, beautiful mass, beautiful liturgy. And um, after the after the Eucharist, they sang a, a reflection song. And I always feel really weird about them mm-hmm. because it's like everybody sits down and, and listens, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it and, is kind of a consumer kind of. Yeah, uh, and yeah. it was a beautiful rendition of Ave Maria. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end, like he hit that note and it was awesome. And everybody clapped. And I yeah. was like. No. Yeah. We, right. We we've we've lost the focus yeah. on. It became on the performer. Right. And and not upon. Right. And it's not that that person isn't right. isn't gifted. Right. right. And that's hard mm-hmm. because I mean, being somebody who you know has sung at masses and and things like that, that's always in the back of my mind because I've had great teachers in mm-hmm. what liturgical music is about. One being Father Chris Decker. Uh, But like, and it makes me uncomfortable. Like people are like, oh my gosh, I was, yeah. and I'm like, no, no, no. I, Oh. Yeah, no, that's so a bounce. Same way, because with me singing choir, there are times where I've been told like to do like a certain echo after or something, mm-hmm. and then people in the congregation pick it up, and it's like so awkward after mass. They're like, "Oh my gosh, your voice!" And I'm like, "I wasn't doing this for me. That's I'm right. doing yeah. this it's a hard, for it's a hard balance. And it, Christ, it, it not is a, for me. Exactly. I appreciate it, but yeah, and it is a tough balance, and and, and so um, for that to be in balance, mm-hmm. then the choir, especially if it's an excellent choir has to have enough humility to resist the urge of, of turning the Paschal mystery into a concert. Right. And this, it's been my experience as a priest, this is one of the most difficult things to um, to, to help to guide. Right. Because if you've got a Maserati engine, mm-hmm. it's really difficult to say, but you can only go at school speed limits. Yeah. And yet, that's exactly what's called for in the Mass sometime, is that you don't mm-hmm. open up all the stops for everything. Right. But, but there has to be, to understand the role of beauty, there has to be a restraint. In fact, if you think about things that are beautiful, things that are beautiful show a remarkable amount of, of restraint. Yeah. You know, that's true. And honestly, like 
the first church that comes to mind. I'm not saying there aren't other churches that do it. The first time I ever went to Christ the King's 8 p.m. Mass, mm-hmm. they have such a way of just That's our university chapel, by the way. Beauty. Like, yeah. everything is centered to the Eucharist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, like, I remember just, like, sitting there and being like, oh, my gosh, this is the first time in a long time I, my attention has I can been yeah. to mm-hmm. the Eucharist. Yeah. And that's and that's the thing. Uh, it, it's it's not just that, that, and it's not just choirs that have to be careful. Um, it's become common at, at many uh, masses with young people to kind of center the whole experience on on the musician. Mm-hmm. You know, in fact, I hear all the time. Um, well, if you want to get kids back to church, you have to you have to make it about the rock music. Yeah, no, you don't. Like, well, well, first of all, have you talked to any of the kids? Because because yeah. that's that's really not. Look, I was in I was in a, a youth choir for many many. I led youth choirs. That's mm. not what's bringing them back to the church. I guarantee you, because yeah. there are many a night that we play to a half empty church. Yeah, you know, and and we I thought we sounded good. I mean, they're that's yeah. they're not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's the thing. Even the language we played to the church, right? That's 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 part yeah. of it. Is is when that begin becomes the the thing. It's not that it's not beautiful, mm-hmm. but it's misdirected beauty, right. and mm-hmm. so it can even become a distraction. Yeah. You know, and this can even happen with art and architecture too. You know, um, the there are certain chapels that have just this astonishing array of frescoes and everything. But sometimes, even with with art, mm-hmm. uh, things that are painted, uh, frescoes and things like that in churches. Um, there can be more of a concentration on the skill of the artist than yeah. than on or the sculpture or whatever that that the celebration of the mass becomes muted, you know. Yeah. And and it is it's a very difficult thing, especially when you look at the the history of church architecture and the history of art within churches. Yeah. Um, it can be tough. It can really be tough. And then on the on the other end, um, whenever we uh, place a disordered focus on sensible beauty on, in such a way in the liturgy where we we don't have any of that. Right. That also can can show kind of a, a disordered sense right. of, of what's beautiful. Right. So if you have mass in in a surrounding that that's that's ugly, mm-hmm. you know, um, not not because it's all you've got, man. If it's, right. it's all you've got, it's all you've got. Yeah. But but in the in the building of churches, yeah. whenever whenever you say we're going to put in drop ceilings and we're going to put in just yeah. fluorescent lighting and we're not going to have any churchy things right. around it's very minimalistic right that also affects the way mm-hmm. that that we um that we encounter the beauty of the liturgy you yeah. see and that's the thing if you think about it, the 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 beautiful things that we hear and the beautiful things that we see at mass are supposed to kind of provide a kind of a, a shoot for us if you will like a a, a luge to get us to the eucharistic mis- mystery and all these things are supposed to be in service of the mass and in service of the one who is beautiful the author of beauty and sometimes these things can get get off uh, off kilter yeah in a letter to his son J.R.R. Tolkien once gave a piece of extraordinary advice uh, he says quote i can recommend this as an exercise alas only too easy to find opportunity for make your communion in circumstances that affront your taste Choose a snuffling or gabbling priest or a proud and vulgar friar and a church full of the usual bourgeois crowd, ill-behaved children. Go to communion with them and pray for them. It will be just the same or better than that as a mass said beautifully by a visibly holy man and shared by a few devout or decorous people, mm-hmm. unquote. The point isn't to undermine the importance of beauty in the liturgy, but it's to remind us that Christ is there regardless of appearances. And if we lose sight of that, we lose sight of what the mass is. Yeah. And when we lose sight of the structure of human life for which the liturgy is the foundation and ultimate goal. So all these things that are beautiful are, are important, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, but they can't replace 
they can't replace yeah. Jesus. Well, that's a, you know that's the thing. I think there's there's certain there's certain concern for the liturgy that we ha- we must have. Um, but if we lose the fact that it's the same Jesus mm-hmm. at the church you don't like, with the choir you don't like, <laughs> and the with, priest you can't yeah, stand, like yeah, yeah. like it's the same Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if we lose that fact, then we are we are grocery shopping at church. That's true. So on the other side of that coin is an insufficient focus mm-hmm. on sensible beauty. So we can we can overdo it right to the point where you're you're just listening, you're just watching, you're not seeing the Lord. Or we can just be completely indifferent. So like a parish that wouldn't make any effort to beautify the church's worship, um, maybe also wouldn't also make much of a, an effort to proclaim the church's doctrine or the, the moral teaching, you know. Um, if, you, if you need beauty to perfect every other facet of life, to perfect it, to make it delightful, then we would also afford that of the liturgy as well. Mm-hmm. So, so um, whenever we talk about uh, environmental design, like all the, the different teams of people who help to beautify the church, right. there's a fine line to be struck between kind of overdoing it so that you don't actually see the altar and the mm-hmm. tabernacle and the, yeah. and the cross, or you can underdo it where there's absolutely nothing, yeah. you know, uh, and it's a, it's a tough balance mm-hmm. to, to make. Um, so, so yeah, that, that all of those things are important. If you're, um, if you're one of those folks that says that, no, nah, well, we don't need anything. Well, that's, that's not true because we are called to use the gifts and talents that, that we have, uh, to, to kind of bolster the church's ability to, to offer a liturgy that's beautiful. The second Vatican council says that priests have to be equipped to promote beauty in liturgical art. Mm. Um, in fact, it says great importance is to be attached to the teaching and practice of music in seminaries and the novitiates and houses of studies of religious. Um, so we're supposed to know at least the base level as priests about what yeah. should be present in the parish. In fact, that's what I tell many of my parishes is that like I, I didn't this isn't a side gig for me. Right. Like I, I went to the seminary and I studied specifically all of these things so that I may not be, you know, God's gift to the liturgy. Right. But I do know that as a father, the direction to go to to yeah. make to help you go in the right direction. Well that takes investment too. It takes investment both in funds, right? To get good art. Um and good, you know, musical leaders and, yeah. and to pay them a good, you know, but also investment in your time and teaching the congregation. Yeah. Uh, like, look, this is why mm-hmm. we're having this, this, you know, this musical change or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's, that's, that's a huge responsibility. For that's priests. true. That's, yeah. it's very true. And then there, there is also, uh, perhaps to go a little bit farther, uh, a temptation to indulge in disorder. <laughs> On the other end of the spectrum, yeah. uh, there are those who who would uh, kind of make the mistake of indulging in what we would call this kind of philosophy of surprise. You know, uh, in fact, I remember I walked into. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar, Kathleen, with the monks of Cluny. Cluny, oh, yeah. of course, was George Cluny. N- no, he is <laughs> he is many things, but he ain't no monk. <laughs> that's true. Uh, but, that's uh, true. But but that's the thing is is uh, the the monks of Cluny mm-hmm. were one of the the more ancient medieval orders of Benedictines, and they founded monasteries all over Christendom, and uh, and and they declined a good bit. Um, over over the years, especially because of things like the French Revolution, right. et cetera. Um, but uh, but there, a lot of their churches still remain, and there are still some parishes. And so I, I wandered into this beautiful little Cluniac church, mm-hmm. uh, and all stone, I mean, as beautiful as you can think in its simplicity. And there were these, these modern kind of sculpture light sconces oh. that were, well, they were stainless steel, and they just didn't fit at all. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was this kind of, 
indulging in in the in surprise, right? Yeah. Giving into the desire to be daring and culturally yeah. avant garde and relevant and engaging, and all it did the whole time I was at Mass there, I was going what? Like I yeah. couldn't pay attention to anything. Well, here's the thing too. Like when people are looking at the church, like I'm not. I'm looking for something different. Mm-hmm. I I don't want my church to look like the world. Yeah. Because I experienced that, and it's trash i mean it's garbage (laughs) you know i don't i need an escape from that so i need a place that reminds me that there's something beyond this pile of mush that we sit in yeah you know for you know a hundred or so years but there's something beyond that right um that's beautiful and that's good Mm -hmm. yeah and that's the thing if if you aim for surprise you won't get beauty if you aim for beauty, you'll get surprise along with it, mm, right? Because yeah. beauty come with it, right? If you think about guys, if you think of the most beautiful girl you've ever you've ever met in your life, um, the surprise came after recognizing her beauty. Mm-hmm. Uh, ladies, I'm sure it's the same, right? Yeah. Uh, if you if you see the most beautiful man that you've yeah. ever seen, it's in getting to know him, mm-hmm. right? The the mystery that's behind the beauty. Yeah. That's where that's where surprise kind of excites the heart, you know. Right. Uh, don't try to be cool with liturgical design. Don't cry, try to be hip and all of that. No, if you if you aim for what is beautiful and actually what is time tested too. Yeah. You know the the church and her music and her art have been around for over two thousand mm-hmm. years, and there's been a lot of uh, what we would call today A B testing there, mm-hmm. and so to to fall back on the beauty of our tradition and to hold fast to that you'll actually discover the best way to go about living in a contemporary world because there are yeah. contemporary music pieces that are beautiful, yep. but it's almost always the ones that are, that are based upon some of the more ancient understandings of, of music, mm-hmm. right. And, and of um, kind of, uh, of composition. So yeah. uh, if you do all those things, you get order, you get proportionality and in terms of our past, our future and the glory of God. And that's the purpose of all this stuff. Yeah. Whenever we come to mass is all created beauty, all sacred music, all sacred heart, all sacred space is supposed to bring us up to the mountain of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where we're supposed to go. All right. The next place that we should probably go is that part of the show that we like to call the CU Pick of the Week. All righty. Well, we've made it here to this part of the show that we just called the CU Pick of the Week. Yep. And so, uh, Kathleen, how about, well, since you're here. Okay. If you don't mind. Well, if y'all know me. Indulge us. <laughs> and I hope you do. You know I like a good crafty fair. Whew. She okay. does. I found the ultimate crafty fair. Now, this is local, um, but many people come from all over the South to the Angola Prison Rodeo. That's right. Angola Why? is Louisiana State Prison, yes. right? Yes. Why yeah. is this awesome? Because one, it's the biggest crafty fair you've ever seen in your life. And two, there's a rodeo. Hello. Two okay. things. So they, there's, they have all these. Um, it's run by prisoners. And the crafty fair is is beautiful woodwork. I I brought a piece that I bought. Right. Oh. So Kathleen is uh, diving under the, yes. the desk here. So I bought this beautiful cutting board. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, and as just you like say. And it's just such beautiful work by these guys, and it really shows. Um, it's different types of wood. It's, yeah, it's different types together. of wood. It smells awesome. Mm. Um, and these guys work all year. Mm-hmm. There's there's rocking chairs and table sets and little you know paintings and um, you know little little things that little ornaments. Um, and these guys work all year, and it's such a they're cool, incredibly talented guys yeah, too. It's such a cool thing to remember um, the dignity of hu- of human life and the beauty. The beauty that can come out of situations that are um, are not ideal, mm-hmm. right? So these guys, you know, have have somewhat been thrown away 
um, by society, but the the work that I'm, oh my gosh, I just poured over all these things mm. because it's so beautiful. Um, and to see these guys be proud of their work was really awesome. Kathleen was telling me that she thought the the whole craft fair bit was over, and oh, she yeah. came over a rise, and there were six more. There tents. was like six more pavilions, and I was like, huh, <laughs> yes, Lord. Um, and then of course there's the rodeo where all it's all prisoners, mm. and um, they it's not like a regular rodeo because they they go full speed ahead, and mm. it is awesome, and I love it. So they they hold it every sad Sunday in October. Um, in, in Louisiana. And then I think once again in April, so. that's right. And it is something that, that people come from all around yeah. for. So if you find yourself in Louisiana in the month of October, the Angola prison rodeo is not to be missed and make sure that you bring enough, uh, carry on luggage yeah. or you, know, <laughs> you, to, you might need to, a cart to cart a couple of things back mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. Taylor, I know this is a uh, 11th hour for you. Do you have a pick of the week for us? Maybe? No. Well, yeah. I was kind of thinking of Adobe Photoshop. I've been messing around with it. Have a lot. you? Yes. Oh, well, well. So, so are you now a subscriber to Adobe Photoshop, or, or? I've been. I'm kind of trying to learn it. Okay. Because I do take my little camera and go take pictures well, at um, some sporting events. So, mm-hmm. like messing with the lighting. My favorite thing is whenever I go to swim meets, just getting the water, the blues in the water to come yeah, out. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I've just learned the basics of it. I know there's so much more to That's it. That's right. Uh, and in fact, color correction is your friend. There are color correction filters. And uh, depending on what kind of a computer you have, I might have some alternatives to Adobe Photoshop that might be a little bit better for a college student budget too. Cool. You know, like Pixelmator is another mm-hmm. good one. Yeah. I don't Do you have a Mac? Do you have, not you, anymore. You know, my Mac crashed you, on me. Your, your Mac decided to. Yep. Well. Sadly. All right. Well, then I'll, I'll, I'll work on some PC version things cool. for you. I'll Very appreciate good. that. All right, uh, Jeff, up in space, uh, what you got? By the way, uh, yeah. Louisiana State Penitentiary yeah. at Angola, uh, yep. uh, when it first, uh, the, the uh, excuse me, they started the radio station when the station first went on the air. KLSP. KLSP. Yeah, Louisiana mm. State. It's called the Incarceration Station. It is. Yes, so, uh, indeed. It's, uh, it's uh, on the FM dial down around 92 something. Anyway, check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all run by the prisoners. Now, of yep. course, the uh, the warden, I said, how do you keep them from going crazy and taking over? He goes, I got a switch right over here. That's right. He just <laughs> turns it off. That's right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Anyway, our I, general uh, manager has the same thing. <laughs> yes, <he> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Warden days. <laughs> um, uh, we use Magnificat daily uh, on the Jeff Star One, but yep. however, d- getting delivery has been a little tough here lately. So uh, uh, I have gone the digital route with it, and I have been totally pleased. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, a more affordable instant solution. $20 for a year subscription. You're connected to Catholic content. You take to Mass every day for your daily walk, morning prayers, evening prayers. It is just divine yeah, yeah. And, uh, magnificat is a really good resource for for the average mm-hmm. catholic you know yeah. um, because it does it introduces you to the liturgy of the hours so you get like little bits yeah. of, of morning and evening prayer yes. i think night prayer is in its entirety because it's a short office and then you do you have those little reflections throughout the day and uh, i've been i've been toying with the idea of uh, of getting the digital subscription so i might look over your shoulder and see what oh, it's like it's it's um, great i have it on because the price point is good and ipad yeah as well yeah. plus you can you can adjust the letters to make them big oh that is, that is handy <laughs> these old eyes okay. that is handy you know i i uh, had one of my first experiences a, a couple of weeks ago of of having to like put my glasses on and squint at oh, the same no. time. Went, oh yeah. no, yeah. I, I think it's, it's happening, it's yeah. happening, yeah. 
Yeah, right around 40 is what it happened for me. Uh, well, then I'm right at the cusp, I suppose. <laughs> okay. uh, there it is. Anyway, my pick of the week uh, is a book that, well, I have to admit, I just kind of took off of Dave's uh, shelf. Our, our general manager, we get all sorts of books to review. And so I said, ah, this looks like a good one to read. Uh, I had to make a plane trip a couple of weeks ago. And so this is a collection of essays by, you might know him as Pope Benedict XVI, mm -hmm. uh, Joseph Ratzinger, on Western culture today and tomorrow, reflecting on kind of the present and the future of Europe by looking into its Christian roots. And it is, it is fascinating reading. It's very well done. And if you want to kind of understand what's going on in the West today, so this would be like us in the United States, right? Yeah. Kind of yeah. kind of everything that's not the Eastern world, right? But uh, but the culture of the West. Yeah. Uh, gosh, Pope Benedict mm. will be a doctor of the church. Um, his his ability to, to speak to what's going on in a Christocentric, a Jesus-focused mm -hmm. way, to say that if we forget him, everything else falls apart. Like I yeah. was saying a little bit earlier, our ability to, to be just, to give God that which is his due, mm -hmm. becomes impossible if we don't worship God. Right. And so if you, even if you have something like the European Union that is trying to kind of figure out how to, how to do justice, if you will, do the things of a just society without God, yeah. it, it falls apart. So uh, Western Culture Today and Tomorrow by Joseph Ratzinger. I'll mm -hmm. put that in the show notes if you want. And it's actually pretty readable. Mm. You know, I find Joseph Ratzinger pretty darn readable. Mm. Alrighty. Uh, something else we find readable are you. you uh, <laughs> all of our benefactors and all those who pray for us. We're happy that they're part of the Catholic Underground family. Absolutely. Aren't we, Jeff? And this week, the Catholic Underground is possible simply yep. because of people like you. Yep. Join the growing numbers of undergrounders at catholicundergroundcom donate. We need to get some new undergrounder stickers made, Father. We sure do. Uh, and an important way to uh, support us is to, to like us, heart us, star us, share us on social media platforms of your choice, mm -hmm. Father. That's right. Uh, if you want to find out everything about our apostolate, you can always go to catholicunderground.com to do it. Uh, it's all there. It's all there. More than you probably want. <laughs> our panelists have been Kathleen Lee, the benefactress. She's at Kaylee626 on Instagram. Thank you, Kathleen. Anytime. Also, Taylor Rodrigue, uh, TMR1013 on some chat rooms, uh, now sits at desk. Thank you, Taylor. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Oh, Jeff Blackwell is our technical director. He's at Jeff Blackwell us on all the social media. Thanks, Jeff. Always a privilege, Father. Our research assistant and leader of the crew in the lab is Jim Hayes, and he and his family, from what he tells me, are safe out in California yeah, in the midst good. of the fire. Uh, our video and graphics director is Ed Ball, and you know me. I'm Father Chris Decker. You can follow me on Instagram at Digital Catholic, at Digital Catholic, all one word. We hope that we've helped you cut through the noise and find that still small voice. Be attentive, O wisdom. We are the Catholic Underground. We're faith gone digital, and we'll see you next time.